Welcome to Gleaming the Tube, the podcast where Kevin and Mike watch a film in which somebody rides a skateboard at some point. Finally, a podcast where people talk about movies. Hello, Michael. Hello, Kevin. 2008's Righteous Kill, directed by John Abnett, stars Robert De Niro and Al Pacino as two maverick chess-playing Little League coaching cops who are trying to solve a string of vigilante murders that one of them might be behind or the other one's behind. The movie sucks is the synopsis. It was, I, I was, I was struck by how strange it is. It's a strange, weird movie that every single person in the movie feels like they're, they're just, there's everyone feels like they're somewhere else. It felt very phoned in. The dialogue was weird and wooden. It felt like the person who wrote the movie had never seen a movie. Heard a human being speak. Yeah, it was, it was, I was, I, you know, it's funny because by the time you, the big reveal happens, spoiler alert, it's, they lean so hard into, into convincing you that it's Robert De Niro's character. Yeah, I'm going to say, um, this is a book club and not uh, a review so we will be spoiling the entire film. Yes, it's it's well, the, the film kind of spoiled itself. I think, like, I guess, I guess what I'm gonna say, I guess what I'm gonna how I'm gonna set that up is the movie is very much one of those films that it hinges on a twist ending, and it spends a lot of the runtime of the film laying the groundwork for the twist, and I think uh, you can lay blame for that probably at the feet of uh, the sixth sense and the popular M night Shyamalan movies that had come before. Uh, And because of that, nothing the characters do or the way the film tells the story makes sense because it obfuscates so much in service of this really banal predictable twist yeah right well there's a certain point where they lean so heavily into showing you that it's robert de niro's character who's doing all the murdering that you're like well it can't be him it's you know like he threatens to murder someone in front of 40 people in a courtroom and then the next scene is the guy getting murdered and you're like well it can't i mean he can't be that bad at being a murderer (laughs) like like it's Man, I was I, I as I was watching it, I was like, "This is a genuinely strange, not good movie." <laughs> like, like it just yeah. I, I was gonna say, like for a second there, I was gonna be like, "You're giving this film too much credit," because I feel like it's too bad. It, like some movies are are bad in a very interesting way, and right. I feel like this movie is more bad than interesting. Rewinding a bit, it starts with this like this wannabe badass gun montage of De Niro and Pacino at the shooting range and they're they're shooting guns and they're laughing and 
then there's shots of Pacino like in a bar playing chess, but like slamming the pieces down. Yes, and, yeah. It's very much like, fuck yeah, like we're awesome cops. And it's like a montage. <laughs> and it's it's really kind of uh playing into this whole, you know, De Niro Pacino together. And I feel like obviously in uh in in the history of the cinema <laughs> um, <laughs> there have been uh very few occasions where de niro and pacino who i guess are like two of the iconic actors of 70s new hollywood have shared the screen they were obviously both in godfather 2 together but because their storylines took place in different time periods they were never in any scenes together because de niro played uh, young vito corleone and Pacino played his grown son, Michael Corleone. Um, and Godfather 2 is uh, good in every way that this movie is bad. <laughs> and uh, obviously then in 1995, they got together for the Michael Mann movie Heat, which I watched last night after after watching Righteous Kill, because I was like, I should, I should watch Heat. I got to watch the stink of yeah. this movie. <laughs> Essentially, yes. Um, and they have very few scenes together in Heat as well, but there's like one kind of very famous scene where the two of them get a cup of coffee in a diner because like Pacino's the cop and De Niro's the master thief, but they, they're, you and I are not so unalike. <laughs> yes, we're not so different, me and you. <laughs> I want to sit down and have a cup of coffee with you and size you up. And if if the if the heat comes down, like yeah, it's it's a pretty dynamic scene. Uh, I think that they just didn't have a lot to work with in Righteous Kill. I like I said, the dialogue. There was a couple of points where I was like, they. It sounded like they were like the the dialogue was like 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 almost like a ad like a mad libs <laughs> like they were just like yeah. hard boiled cop thing to say <laughs> like <laughs> it it felt like the the screenwriter had a subscription to reader's digest and would read a little factoid about like oh, ted williams uh Batted four oh six in this last game. Better, better work that in somewhere. <laughs> let's 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 make that a part of the story. Yeah, and then and then and then the rest of the cast was just left to like like what was John Leguizamo doing in that movie? It's weird. There's there like this movie has a lot of people who in in the cast, none of whom I think acquit themselves well at all, but who have, like some of them have been good in other things. I have like Leguizamo things oh yeah he's great uh, you know. donnie Wahlberg is fine has been fine in some films that i've seen i had just i re just rewatched the band of brothers and forgot how great donnie Wahlberg is in band of brothers like he's a he's fantastic like they're all yeah a lot of the characters a lot of the actors in the movie have been great in in great things but man they just i love i love i love brian Dennehy in general oh my god <laughs> he's not good in this He's well, it's like it really is like they they called him up and like, hey Brian, you got you got 45 minutes to come down and be the the hard-boiled you know, uh police chief. He's like, Yeah, I, I can phone that in, no problem. I know he 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 walked in wearing the suit that he was wearing, and he's just like, All right, let's do it. I'm Brian Dennehy. Fuck it. Yes. <laughs> Brian, we're filming Law and Order Unrealized Potential. Be down here as quickly as you can. <laughs> You're off the case, De Niro. <laughs> you're, you're riding the desk. <laughs> um, there's like a whole like back and forth about underdog 
it for no reason. I'm just like Quentin Tarantino has so much to answer for um, yeah. with that. Um, what's going on with uh, Carla Gugino's character where she's in a relationship with the, the De Niro character and, but she wants to simulate him beating the hell out of her. Well, even, even the idea, Kevin, that it's like that it's all couched in this weird idea that it, he's like a vigilante, like, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's doing what the justice system couldn't do, but then he just starts shooting cops. Like he just, he like uh, sexually assaults her character. And like, so it, well, not, the, the Pacino does. Pacino does. Yeah. We, we should, we should lay it out that the film goes out of its way to try and direct you to think that the Robert De Niro character has taken the law into his own hands and is killing these criminals who've somehow uh, escaped justice and gotten free. But it was, in fact, the his partner, Al Pacino, who right. is the vigilante, the poetry-writing vigilante. And then the, and the way that they they try to show you that it's Robert De Niro's character is that it's interspersed with a video confession of Robert De Niro t- saying that he did the murders <laughs> yes. until the very end when it's just like Al Pacino is just making him confess, but then he doesn't use that. Inv- it's a it's a very strange cabinet. It's, read, it's read my diary. Read. read my diary on camera and but then I'll remove the camera and I'll you'll sh- we'll have a shootout. Here's a question I have about Al Pacino. Al like in the 70s, I think Al Pacino uh was legitimately great in several movies. And it like not just the two Godfather movies. I think he's great in Dog Day Afternoon. I really like him in Serpico. Um and then he in the in the early eighties he does Scarface, and Scarface uh, he goes big, and I think that works in Scarface. Yes, but he's never gone small since. Well, it it really it's it. I forgot who I was. Somebody made that observation about him that he he was a much he he's his acting style in The Godfather, but he's a, it was much smaller he had like a, a, a almost like a nasally voice and he was just this kind of quiet it's he shows a lot it's very restrained right it's very restrained and then it, it yeah something worked in in scarface where that movie is it's a it's it's like almost like a horror movie in in a way the way they film it and yeah and then from then forward he just starts screaming he becomes he becomes the yelly al pacino yeah, and the funny thing is, it's like there's a lot of movies. I've, in in a way, it works in Heat, but it doesn't work in Righteous Hit Kill, where it's that's just Al Pacino on screen. He makes no effort to like seem as though he's a he's a cop. He's just Al Pacino. It's weird, and I can I, I get in some ways why Pacino did that because like he won an Oscar for Scent of a Woman for what I believe is a terrible performance. Yes. <laughs> Um, heat uh i don't know who went to this school william howard taft (laughs) they're dead at least in heat there's this sort of backstory that he and michael mann cooked up where the you know the character he's playing um has a barely controlled cocaine habit so you can kind of buy the like she's got a great ass and all of that (laughs) he's screaming and at least the the parallels to the de niro character there kind of work because de niro's 
like very sort of controlled in there. And yes. You know, there's that movie where he plays the devil with Keanu Reeves, where he does, oh my like, goodness. Where he does a lot of screaming. And I'm just like, what? I don't know. I, I wish Al Pacino would would harness that again for something. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess like the the other team up with De Niro he had was a few years ago for Netflix. Uh, they He did um, The Irishman, the Martin Scorsese yeah. movie, which has a lot of like de-aging um, and he's he's pretty good in that, but like the performance in that movie that really knocked me out was Joe Pesci. Oh yeah, Joe Pesci transforms to a to, into another. I, I, and I think De Niro's performance in that movie, the way I had never seen anyone approach a gangster as though they were essentially a serial killer. There's no more delicate way to put this. Like Robert De Niro's character in The Irishman is he's he's mentally ill. Yeah, and to me that like that you know he's he's got like he's he's got deep seated emotional problems you know, whereas Al Pacino as 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 Jimmy Hoffa is a, it's a very it's it's a more controlled Pacino performance, but he still he still yells a bit. Oh yeah, he's still doing the he's still doing some yelling. Um, so let's I, I want to talk about this De Niro as well in general because I think in the seventies with the with de niro it's like you can't take your eyes off this guy he's burning up the movie screen with in from mean streets taxi driver godfather too like like it's just right uh, through the 80s i'd say um oh yeah like raging bull he's so good in king of comedy oh my god that performance in king of comedy blows me away and i know i'm only listing the films he's done with martin scorsese um and you know he's he's in some weird movies too, like New York, New York. But I think in general, like De Niro's doing interesting stuff all through there. I think Midnight Run is a is an incredibly fun movie. I think even all through the '90s, where he's doing you know Goodfellas and Casino, he's doing he's very good in Heat. And then in the late '90s, he does Analyze This in the Paycheck <laughs> Years Start. Oh and yeah, I don't. Yeah, well, you know, I, I like. I'm not one of the greatest actors of my generation, so I don't want to begrudge De Niro. I mean, analyze this made a ton of money, and then he did Meet the Parents, and that also made a ton of money. Um, and those movies are, you know, fun. I, I, I guess he's you know playing against his image. I think those movies made more money than the stuff he did with Scorsese. Um, but why he then decided like. Oh, righteous kill! I'm gonna, you know, maybe maybe he wanted to work with Pacino again. I, I, you know, the two are friends, and it's like this will be good. We'll be we're cops. Donnie Wahlberg's going to be there. We'll get Denny. Well, but I, I, righteous kill. I think on paper it probably looked like a really good idea, but it just doesn't deliver in any. Like I, I you know, the, the 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 De Niro performance that I oh I'm always drawn to is Cape Fear. Mm-hmm. He's terrifying in that fucking movie, like in a in a in a in a way that I still find it unsettling to the, the, you know, and I feel like he he's shown up a lot more as an actor's actor, more so than Pacino, who's just been doing a, a bad impersonation of Al Pacino for 20 years or maybe 30 years. But yeah, like I, you're right. Like once he started playing like with the arc archetype of robert de niro in those yeah in the in the meet the parents years and the analyze this years it starts to feel like yeah you you sort of turn into a like a caricature of of who you are 
He's also terrible whenever he's on Saturday Night Live. He doesn't, he does, yeah. does not very good at doing comedy. That's he's true. not a naturally gifted comedian, which, yeah. you know, not everybody's good at everything. But in, but I guess those movies were really popular, I think, with an audience that he hadn't previously connected with. So I could see, you know, he, he was probably, probably, and his agent was probably like, run towards this for a while. Sure, sure. It was, you know, it was probably a change of pace. I, I don't know. I don't want to psychoanalyze Robert De Niro, although I am. And I also want to talk about any movie other than Righteous Kill. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not, so There's terrible. so little meat on that bone. Like, I can't even, and it's funny because even the reason we watched it, which is that there's a professional skateboarder in the movie, he's on screen for eight seconds. And there's not, there's not much to even dig into there. Oh, yeah. uh, Rob, Rob Deerdick, who we covered at length in the episode about street dreams. So if you yes. want to hear all about Mike's opinions on Rob Deerdick, definitely dig up our previous episode about street dreams. Yeah. Uh, but but Deerdick appears in this movie as a skateboarding pimp. Not something that I was promised. Um, but yeah, he shows up for about eight seconds. For about eight yeah. seconds. It's it, Deerdick's such an interesting, you know, like you said, we go way, we do a deep dive to, to him with Street Dreams, but he's such an interesting character in the in the in the world of skateboarding, where he like I was thinking a lot about him in almost in relation to what went on with the Jackass guys, mm-hmm. where Jackass was a show about kind of like destruction and like mm-hmm. you know breaking things whereas Deerdick, he especially his later show the fantasy factory was all about like um like you know like the, the whole theme of that show was like setting an intention and making things happen he dabbled in the world of like uh um sacred geometry for a while he's an interesting character and i think for rob and it's how he ended up like for rob it wasn't about making when he made street dreams it was about i want to make a movie i don't think he wanted to make a maybe he wanted to make a good movie but he certainly didn't for him it was about making a movie and for and i feel like the way that he ended up in righteous kill kind of goes right in line with what what, what his whole sort of raison d'etre was and fantasy factory which is like i want to be in a movie with robert de niro and al pacino somebody make a fucking phone call and he ended up in a movie with robert de niro you know what i mean not that he appears on screen with either of them but it is interesting that he's just his name is in sort of the opening credits yes yeah he he's got a speaking role but it's it's interesting that it really does feel like he ended up in there because he had somebody make a phone call and he was like i want to check that that uh you know i want to check that box i want to be in a movie with these guys bucket list exactly like well that's his whole the whole thing about the fantasy factory was he built this like you know it's like it's every skateboarder's dream to have your own skate park with like a uh you know a a a music production studio in one little section and uh you know and he decided he was going to make the little toys and he had the wild grinders thing so for rob it was all about i think it was about like manifesting and he he is in the movie he does have a speaking role it's just too bad that it's that movie <laughs> you know uh, what i mean he, he should have read the fine print on that monkey's paw before he made that wish right but that you know he does do a, a ollie off a loading dock and then gets shot in the head by who you think is robert de niro but is actually 
Al Pacino. And an astounding twist. <laughs> it's not because it's the other guy. <laughs> it's Al Pacino's character. <laughs> so uh, if you had a fantasy factory, Mike, and you could be like, what kind of movie would you want to be in, Mike? What movie would you be in? I feel, what kind of movie would I be in? I feel like I would love to be, uh, you know, I have I have the perfect answer for this. I would love to be in a movie like The Wolf of Wall Street. Like, I would love to be one of the guy, you know, one of the 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 the, the peripheral characters in that world. Um, I recently watched Wolf of Wall Street and and the the sort of the the sort of Judd Apatow, Jonah Hill influence on the way that um that Martin Scorsese made that film is kind of endlessly satisfying to me. And I feel like if I if I was gonna be in a movie, it would I would want to be in a situation where there was a lot of improv dialogue and sort of, you know, that style of like kind of like, you know, just keep, roll the cameras and see what happens. Uh yeah, so sort of a Judd Apatow, I don't know, like like just dialogue driven comedy, I guess. I think I could I could muck in. Yeah. On that on that kind of a on that kind of a setup. What about you? I would want to be in Righteous Guild. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I mean the I mean it could be me, yeah, you, De Niro, Pacino. I wouldn't have to worry about like acting well. <laughs> Right. Like everybody else is doing such a such a piss poor job that you could just uh, you could literally look dead into the camera and be like, hi. Um, I mean, the the serious answer. I mean, this is I, this is like so fucking basic and cliche, but, uh, you know, I'd want to be in one of those dumb new Star Wars movies. Uh, yeah, you know, all right. Yeah. Put you... me in an X-Wing. I could be Porkins Jr. And... Yeah. <laughs> That would be pretty cool. I could see that. You yeah. know, like, seriously, like, okay. And then I'm like red 17 or whatever. And I fly around and then I get hit by a TIE fighter and I tell Alderaan I love it and crash into a moon. And, you yeah. know, that would be great. It's like when um, cool. Adrian Edmondson, Vivian from The Young Ones, shows up in in The Last Jedi as like a random Imperial. That must be, yeah. Like, like how do you, it must be cool for that guy to get that call. Hey, you want to be in a... Yeah, or even like, um, you know, because it's it's Star Wars at this point, you know, there are things like uh, one of the random stormtroopers is Daniel Craig in one scene. Oh, that's yeah, like, I, I read that right. Yeah, it's he just they put him in a suit and he never takes the helmet off, but it's Daniel Craig. So I would even do that. I, I love that kind of stuff. Isn't Steve? Car- isn't um. Not Steve Carell. Isn't Steve Stephen Colbert in one of the Lord of the? He's like in one of the Hobbit movies, right? Doesn't he, he show he, up? He very well could be. Um, I I've only seen the Hobbit movies in the theater once, and I really didn't enjoy them. And I'm really glad no one skateboards in them, <laughs> so I don't have to revisit them. <laughs> yeah, every so often, uh, someone will ask me when they are going when they are like trying to means test gleaming the tube. Uh, you know, like, well, well, would you do this movie? Would you do this movie? Uh, and, and, and inevitably, they get around to Legolas in the two towers, kind of surfing down the stairs on that shield, shooting arrows. And I and I think we've come to the conclusion that 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 does not count. There's no wheels on that board. Doesn't count for gleaming yeah. the tube. I know we've yeah. we've bent the rules occasionally. We um, visited 
you know, we did that episode of the Wonder Woman TV show right. uh, about a year back. We might do another episode of a TV show at some point because honestly, you know, it's a, it's a dumb podcast. We don't make any money on. So if we want to, if we want to bend the rules, we can. And, and, you know, we also did, we ended up talking about mall rats because it's a better movie than Mumford, <laughs> even though there's yeah. not really any skateboarding in it, but uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and had Jason Lee in it. So I think, but yeah, the two towers does come up occasionally as, as well, would you cover that? And I, and I say, no, we would not cover that. Yeah. I think that's too far afield. But Righteous Kill is unfortunately right in left field before the foul line. Well, right, and there was there was skateboarding in it, so I mean, it was yeah. there, and and skateboarding by a professional skateboarder, so and a lot of Little League as well. Yeah, there was a lot of Little League and Rambo the skateboarding pimp, which is yes, just, there was Jesus. <laughs> Come on, guys. Thank you for listening. Our website is gleamingthetube.net. We're on Facebook at Gleaming the Tube, and our email is gleamingpod at gmail.com. Production assistance by Liam Gray. Music by Kissing Contest. Skateboarding is not a crime. Skateboarding is not a crime.